Welcome to Ciao Bella, hosted by me, Erica Firpo, travel journalist based in Rome. Each episode of Ciao Bella, I sit down with Italy's creators, contemporary artists and artisans, designers, culinary experts, heritage brands, and innovative estites, and more who are defining and redefining 21st century Italy. Pull up a chair and join in. Hey there, welcome back to Ciao Bella. Today I'm with Alexander Van Glitch, who is an unconventional and multidisciplinary artist who talks about the intersection of art, technology, and culture. He's based out of Torino. And I'm very excited because I met Alexander through my own Alexander. <laughs> so thank you, Alexander, if you're listening. Um, welcome, Alexander. Welcome. Thanks for inviting me. I'm re really happy to be here. Thanks a lot. Well, I'm, I'm really excited to have you. And I have to say, that your name, when, when my friend Alex sent, introduced me to you, your name cat, captivated me from the beginning. Alexander Van Glitch is an incredible name. Can you tell me a little bit about it? Yes, of course. Well, uh, we can say that uh, Alexander Van Glitch is just uh, the last of the many pseudonyms I have always used for uh, all my artistic projects, starting back in uh, 2004. And I particularly love pseudonyms because uh, from my point of view, they are a way to put in the background our ego and uh, give a centrality to the artistic project. And the reason that led me to choose Alexander Van Glitch are quite simple and are related to my passion for uh, glitch art, which could be defined as an aesthetic of error, of distortion and imperfection. And I've created my first works uh, under uh, the Alexander Van Glitch pseudonym in 2016 and slowly but steadily I have tried to define uh, my signature style. You know, your, the art that you do, and actually I would love for you to tell us a little bit about your background, but I, I also want to let everybody, he, he mentioned he, he does glitch art and the art that you do is a mix, in my opinion, between conceptual, futuristic, and super digital. And I think it's something that not a lot of people, you know, it's slowly, slowly gaining momentum, but, um, you know, I, I had never even used the term glitch art or even heard of it until I met you. And then actually I met you because of this, you know, the, the, the big on the, the, the rise of NFTs. So if, if you don't mind, I'd love for you to tell everybody a little bit about your background and then a little bit about what exactly it is that glitch art is. Okay, uh, about my background, I was born uh, as a creative. First as copywriter and today as a, as a creative director. And uh, to be honest, I have never consciously wanted to be or become an artist. I rather believe that art and creativity have found in me a channel through which to manifest themselves. And among my best known projects uh, at an international level, I can mention uh, NanoArt, which are works of art created with the nanotechnology and invisible to the naked eye. Then uh, I have created Occult Motion Pictures, uh, that is uh, an artistic project uh, totally dedicated to GIF art. And then uh, the GIFoscope, uh, that I can describe as the world first uh, and made uh, analog uh, GIF player. And Talking about uh, glitch artists, well, uh, glitch art uh, was born uh, many years ago, but is uh, like a trend in uh, in contemporary art, and is a sort of uh, let me say punk aesthetic, an aesthetic of uh, 
error, as I told before, of distortion is uh, an aesthetic of uh, imperfection. And this is why I love it so much. I don't like uh, uh, realistic or uh, ultra-realistic uh, kind of art. I just prefer to focus on uh, what is not perfect. And well, glitch art allows me to express this kind of uh, point of view of, uh, of our world. And let me say, I have something like a signature style that means, uh, for example, uh, pixelation, that means uh, turn images into pixels or voxels uh, that are uh, 3D pixels. And for example, triangulations, that means again to turn uh, images in uh, a lot of uh, triangulation uh, made with the uh, Delany triangulation. And then another uh, symbol, another uh, mainstream uh, uh, signature style of my art is the black background. That is uh, a reminder of uh, the absence of uh, memory of uh, contemporary uh, people and society. All right, to get an idea of the work that you're doing, if you could tell people the scale of your work, because the, you know, and also, by the way, when you, when you were describing, you know, your passion for pseudonyms, which is something I have as well, and you were describing your, your art background, I have to say, um, I just kept thinking, I kept saying two things in my head. I kept saying Rose Salavi and Duchamp. There's something very Duchampian. Like it's, it's, I feel like you're the, you know, like a hundred years later, a little bit, you have a lot of influence, like a, a lot, a lot of parallels with what Marcel Duchamp, the way he was thinking as well. Um, yeah, you know, there's a, there's a lot of, uh, I have, a, I can say I have one eye looking to the past and one uh, to the future with the, with the kind of art. For example, I love so much uh, portraiture um, I love so much uh, landscapes, but um, I try to put in in a in a new way. Uh, for example, uh, I've done a lot of uh, portraits of uh, VIP of uh, famous people, celebrities, but trying to put them in a let me say in a lower level with the glitch art and with the imperfection. Mm -hmm. I try to or the human aspects more than or uh, the celebrities or the uh, yes the celebrities. So this is uh, uh, one of my um, main approaches. And if you have a look, uh, if you have another view of all my artworks, you can see this uh, uh, always present uh, black background that for me is uh, is really important because as I told you before, is something like remember that your celebrity can last just a few months or a few years and then you disappear and then you are forgotten for a few seconds yeah yeah exactly it's something like uh, for example what uh, what andy warren said for example you can have your 15 minutes or celebrity but then you disappear and especially in our uh, digital and social media culture you know i think digital art i, I think I think you really you really encapsulated you're absolutely right the, the digital and social culture and I think it's interesting that you've taken it to it you know the next level of you know it's fleeting and then and then you're creating art which most people view art as something that's very very permanent and you know whether it's big or small a, a work of art is you know is often um considered monumental it's it's you know it's considered it it, it it's considered this higher thing and I think what's really interesting about what you're doing with 
with your NFTs is you're you're redefining, you know, what the concept of art is, in my opinion. Yeah, for me, concept, well, this is maybe my uh, advertising and creative background that is uh, really stronger. And I think sometimes it's a mix of my creative and advertising background uh, put in the, in the art world. For me, the concept is, uh, is the first thing. Maybe this is a relationship with the, the champ and the conceptual art. And I just want to send an idea to people. I just want to uh, show a, a new point of view of the world. Sometimes it's easy, sometimes it's not so easy, but the goal for me is to uh, say something new, not just uh, uh, something aesthetic, but is try to uh, send a message to people. The focus on the concept is really one of the first thing I think when I create a, a new artwork. Yes, of course. In regard to message sending, and and I, I wanted to talk with you a little bit about a project when we first spoke that you mentioned to me, the Moon Art project that you've done. Yeah. Can you share with our listeners what that is? Yeah, in 2004, I was invited by Carnegie Mellon University to create uh, two nanometric size artworks for the Moonark project. The Moonark project is a, a museum the size of a can of a Coca-Cola that will be landed on the surface of the moon in the next few years. And well, the Moonark is designed to direct our attention from the Earth outward into the cosmos and beyond. The Moonark project is impossibly small is hyper light, but is uh, incredibly enduring and is designed and engineered to last a thousand of years and to project humanities in a most beautiful and highly significant uh, way. And let me say, if nano art allowed me to go beyond the terrestrial boundaries and create works for the cosmos and for the moon in particular, with the uh, the Alexander Van Glitch project uh, allowed me to go beyond the boundaries of traditional art and giving me the opportunity to create and sell uh, one-of-a-kind digital artworks. So I think the two projects are uh, really related uh, and really interesting too, yes. Is that something that we here would be able to see? Is there a way in which us terrestrials would be able to see that piece? Uh, are you talking about nano art? Well, the PC you did specifically for the Moon Art project. Is there like how can someone see it? Yes, there's a there's a the the whole project is presented on on the web. You just have uh, looked to on Google, for example, for Moon Art project, and you can find a very detailed uh, website where all the Moon Art is uh, is presented and described by the Carnegie Mellon University. And you can see all the hundred uh, artists collaborating to create this incredible uh, nano museum. Yes, you can find a lot of information. Okay, that's that sounds very cool. Yeah, yes, now, yeah, yeah. For me, it's incredible to think uh, to artworks uh, sent to the moon is something that goes beyond my my imagination. That's crazy. I, 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 that's what I was just thinking. And it's it's really funny because yesterday um, my husband and I were in the car and we're driving and we're listening to <laughs> Space Odyssey by David Bowie. And yeah. um, 
And I started thinking about your Moon Art project because I, I, I was just saying like that, like when I was listening to the song, it, it must have been amazing for him to write that song and, and think about the cosmos and being so far out there, you know, and then I was thinking about your work and it's like, it's beyond my comprehension, you know, my, my, what it's beyond my, my zone, my comfort zone, you know? <laughs> yeah, me too. When I was in Whitehead, I, I was, I, I asked myself, well, this is really uh, unbelievable. I have no works in, uh, in galleries, for example, in physical and traditional galleries. But if I had to think uh, of having a couple of artworks uh, on the moon, sounds like really mad stuff, like, like something uh, unbelievable. When I look to the moon, uh, I really start to, to dream and to think about this uh, Moonark, uh, really small museum uh, landing on the surface, and it's something really incredible. And I'm, and I'm really happy to be part of this uh, visionary project. I, I, you know, that's actually a beautiful, you know, that's a really beautiful vision, you know, like me. Now, when I look at the moon, I'm going to think about your, this, your work, this moon arc, it's, it's going to kind of personalize it even more for me. I think that's pretty cool. And I, I can't imagine what it must feel like for you. Yeah, I, 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 I prefer not to think about it because it's really bigger than me. So when when the, the when we, it will hope it will all happen it will be something crazy right now i'm just thinking about uh, other projects uh, and i'm waiting for the for the astrobot that is this kind of uh, uh, starship coming to the moon uh, and landing the landing the the, the nano museum on the, on the surface they are they are programming the 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 landing of the museum in 2021 but i'm not sure they they will able to 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 do it uh, in 2021 i think that the coronavirus pandemic has stop the project for some ways. And if you have to think to send uh, a nanomuseum to the moon is a really hard project. And I think it will uh, ask more years to, to be done. Okay, well, we'll stay tuned. Yes, <laughs> we will wait. <laughs> stay tuned for the moon. Now, what I really want to talk to you about are NFTs, non-fungible yes. tokens. I think for the past few months, there's been a lot of buzz about them, but um, they're kind of, for a lot of people like like crypto or bitcoin it's a lot of fun to talk about them it's a little bit harder to comprehend them <laughs> no i think i think we can find a way to talk about nfts in a really easy way uh, first of all nft stands for not fungible token and nfts are one of a kind assets in the digital world that can be bought and sold like any other piece of property but they have no tangible form of their own uh, the digital tokens can be thought of uh, as uh, certificates of ownership for uh, virtual or uh, physical assets and well uh, why they are so important because let's for example talk about the traditional works of art such as paintings or sculptures they are valuable because they are one of a kind but as you know, digital files can be easily and endlessly duplicated. So with NFTs, artworks can be tokenized to create a digital certificate of ownership that can be bought and sold. So I think it's quite easy to, to understand. 
Well, I know that recently the Uffizi, I believe, didn't they sell, it sold a piece, an NFT for Michelangelo's Donitondo. Yes. And so I guess what you're saying is, because they didn't sell the piece at all. What they sold was the certificate for the digital ownership of the digital piece. Yeah. Is that correct? Exactly. Exactly. That's the, that's the core definition of, uh, of NFTs. Um, you are not selling the artwork in itself. You are not selling a JPEG. You are not selling a PNG file. You are not selling a GIF, but you are selling the certificate. So uh, an artwork, a, a, a JPEG can be downloaded from all over the people, from, from, from all over the world. But the owner has the certificate that allows him to own this one-of-a-kind artwork. I don't. I know it's quite difficult to understand, but it's like having a certificate. And Uffizi are trying to sell this kind of uh, of art, and I think they are doing uh, the right way. They are. They have the roots in uh, in the ancient Italian Renaissance art, but they are projected into the future, so they are able to to uh, to think about the future of art, and the future of art now is uh, NFTs. So my, I, I met you because of my friend Alex, who acquired one of your one an NFT work of art by by you. Can you tell us a little? Can you tell us a little bit about your NFTs, what you're doing, and actually tell us where we can see them if that's possible? Yes, of course. You can see them. Uh, you can see all my NFTs and my digital artworks on Makersplace, makersplace.com. Makersplace is one of the platform that were created recently to. Uh, create uh, and sell uh, unique and one-of-a-kind digital artworks. Uh, it is one of the most famous platforms together with, uh, let me say, Nifty Gateway, uh, with the Super Rare, with the Rarible, and a uh, few others. So you can find uh, there are a lot of artists from uh, from all over the world. And I have... Uh, Choose the. I have, I've not choose the. In the, the real thing is that I have not choose the makers place because I was in, invited as one of the first artists to join uh, to join the platform like uh, two, I think two two and a half years uh, years ago. Wow. So I I spent like uh, the first years to um, upload the artworks there, and I started to sell the, to sell uh, artworks at the end of uh, 2020. Then there was like a, a hype in the first month for 2021. And in six months, I have sold like more than uh, 1000 uh, NFTs on Maker's Place. And really for me, this is something uh, unbelievable because uh, the chance of being able to sell uh, a digital work of art is, uh, is a real revolution. Uh, to be yes it's something like you know an artist from india from bangladesh from italy from uh, whenever whatever you think is now able to sell and to show uh, his art to uh, even uh, to a much bigger growing uh, group of uh, collectors from all over the world and the thing is that collectors are spending a lot of money really 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 a lot of money on nfts of course you have to be uh let me say quite a famous digital artist but i have 
already sold uh, uh, NFTs for a thousand of dollars, and for me, it sounds really incredible. I think that's 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 amazing, um, and it's and it's also really amazing. I mean. I, like I said, I'm still wrapping my head around it. One, first of all, I, I, I've been for the past few weeks, I've been looking at your, your site on Maker's Place. And I love what I love more than anything is how every single one is addition of one, because that really, you know, and, and that's obviously the logic behind the NFT, but it, it really makes you rethink things. I have a question. So, for example, that the, the, the We Will Rise study for a portrait of Amanda Gorman is beautiful. Say, hypothetically, I am the person that acquired that. Then I could, if I wanted to, could I, if I wanted to, like print it out, give it to someone, like not give it to someone, make copies. Like, what what happens when you have the certificate of ownership in regard to re- reproduction? Well, in regard to reproduction, you have to know that you own the the original one. So, mm-hmm. you own the original one, you have you have purchased. But you know, with the file, you can do whatever you like. For example. Um, when I uh, when uh, an artwork, uh, an NFT is uh, is sold on the platform, I sometimes I ask collectors if they want a physical print of canvas and like a gift, mm-hmm. and I give the collector uh, a physical print uh, made of canvas. But you know, it's it's not the original one. It's like it's like thinking that you know, think about the Mona Lisa in uh, in the Louvre. Mm-hmm. You have the original one that is hanged on the wall, and then you have thousands and hundreds of, of copies uh, all over the world. You have posters, you have uh, postcards, you have uh, stickers, uh, you have digital reproduction, but you know that the original one is owned by the, by the Louvre. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's quite the same thought about, uh, about NFTs. But are there are there like when what with the purchaser are there limitations are there like for for the purchase like when you sell a work of art so for example and by the way I love the pieces that are also moving and I love how they're you know it's it's not just pixelated some are very some are very abstract and some are very um, realistic but when when someone if someone were to buy a piece are there limitations to say like you can't you as the purchaser cannot print out and give physical copies to people or, or they can do whatever they want? No, no, you can, you can do whatever you want. You just have to know that the ownership of your uh, digital piece is uh, written, let me say, on the blockchain. Mm-hmm. And so you have uh, uh, a proof of uh, ownership. Right. So with, with the file... For example, I can you can go on uh, on Maker's Place, uh, open my profile, mm-hmm. uh, open an artwork, download it, and well, use it as a screen desktop for your computer. You can put it on your uh, smartphone. You can print it and hang it on uh, the wall on your house, but you will will never have the the original one. You'll never have the original can, one, exactly. Yes, yes, that's. It's, it looks like and it sounds like crazy, but it is the blockchain technology that allows you to um, certificate the ownership of, uh, of this piece. So it is written in, in files, let me say, and mm-hmm. it's a, a sort of piece of paper that say, okay, you are owning this one of a kind uh, artwork. I think I, I love this because this really brings up the concept of 
you know, it, this really reinforces the concept of what ownership means um, and what reproduction means, I guess, in regard to art. Um, you know, and, and I, I guess, you know, at the end of the day, I'm a conceptualist. So for me, this is so conceptual, but like beautifully conceptual as well. I think there's a lot of, there, there's, obviously this is very serious, but I think there's also a lot of fun to be had in, in the concept and understanding the concept of what is art. Yeah. You know, um, so I, I really find this completely, you know, fascinating and enjoyable. And, you know, I, I have a question because I think I was reading in a forum and it's, can anybody, if, if, if you can make an NFT, anybody can make an NFT. How do you feel about that? Well, I think this is not a, this is not a problem for me. Um, they, um, it depends, for example, from the um, platform you choose to upload your, uh, your NFTs. Uh, many of these platforms ask you to uh, submit your profile and then you have to show them uh, your artworks, uh, your uh, social profiles, and then they allow you to join uh, the platforms. But not all the platforms work in that way. For example, there's a, one of the big platforms for NFTs, it's called uh, OpenSea, and OpenSea allows anyone to upload the uh, works of art. I have also, I created, for example, a profile for my kid. He's uh, 10 years old and is uh, playing with the smartphone and computer, creating uh, something like artworks. He's really enjoying this kind of stuff. And I've created a profile for him and he's able to sell uh, uh, digital pieces created by, by a kid of 10 years old. Oh, what's his what's his name on on OpenSea? Can we find him? Uh, <laughs> I I have to I have to ask him because okay. he his profile with his own name. So he he had, he's done all uh, it uh, by himself. I just uh, explained him uh, the, the the basic for for creating an account, and I think his name is something like uh, Ludwig because his 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 name is in Italiano is Ludovico. So I think he tried to play with his name and it's something like Ludwig. Uh, and I, I have to ask him. I, I, okay. will take I mean, I think that would be really cool. It also, to me, it's really cool to see what, um, what a 10 year old is doing. Now, yeah, there are a lot of, uh, of young kids uh, playing with, uh, with NFTs. And the, among the most famous artists there are really young people. For example, uh, Fevocius is one of the most famous and I think he's like uh, 18, uh, 20 years old and he, he has sold uh, so many NFTs for an incredible amount of uh, Ethereum of dollars. <laughs> yeah. oh, that's, that's, my that's my next question. Is all of this done in crypto? Uh, it depends from the platform again. So for example, on Maker's Place, you can buy an artwork both with Ethereum mm -hmm. and dollars. Other platforms allows you to um, buy all only with the Ethereum and, for example, Tezos. There's a, now a, a new platform that allows you to buy and sell with the Tezos. But um, in any case, you need to have a, a digital wallet to store your uh, Ethereum and to store uh, the artworks you purchase. This is so fascinating. I'm, I'm if some, you know, I, on one level, it kind of scares me because it is so new and so contemporary. Um, 
that I, I'm like, I'm intimidated, not scares me, but I'm intimidated because I, I wouldn't even know where to begin. But on the other, the, the other side of me is so excited because it's, I, I view this as rightfully so the next step with art. And it's not just art because it's music. It's, yeah. um, yes. I mean, there's, there's everything that can, that can receive, can, that can become an NFT, correct? Yes, exactly. Anything you can think uh, uh, and can be turned into a digital file, for example, can be an NFT. Music first, of course, images, uh, photos, and also like project. Let me say uh, you have created a, a 3D and you can sell it uh, like an NFT. You have created a new car uh, design or car model that is like a concept and you can sell it uh, again as an NFT. And many brands are uh, now into the NFT world because they can find here a lot of uh, interesting uh, uh, activities for their for the brand. For example, think about uh, Nike or, uh, or Ferrari. Nike creates a, a new digital asset that can create a concept of a, of a new sneaker and sell it as, a, as an NFT in a, in a one-of-a-kind uh, artwork. So they don't need to sell uh, physical shoes, but they can also uh, sell uh, digital uh, digital shoes. And people will buy it for sure. <laughs> so fascinating. That is so fascinating. Did you ever read the book Snow Crash? No. Okay. Snow Crash is a book by Neil Stevenson. I think it's from 1993. And it's kind of one of those epic cyberpunk novels, because I, I really enjoy cyberpunk novels um and it's it's sci it's science fiction okay it was published in 1992 and it it kind of was the it preceded all of this cryptocurrency that we know today but it really talked about that and it really it, and, and on one level they there was this discussion of of this digital ownership um i'm gonna have to send you the book because you know you know that you need to read this because i think you'll i think you'll find Great. it i will read it for sure thanks so I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna send it I'm gonna send it to you digitally. Oh, <laughs> um, you know, actually that that would be really interesting also to be able to get an NFT of a book. Yes, yes, that that's really 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 interesting. For example, think also about poetry. Like you can write a poem or like some verses and put it put online like NFTs and sell them as a unique again as a one of a kind artwork that that's the i think that's the the great thing of, about nfts you you don't have to think just to digital art but you can think about uh, really books uh, letters uh, stories uh, words you can i'm sure you can you can sell a word made uh, made digital that is relevant for you and you can sell it as uh, as an nft it is open to any kind of uh, human expression. I think you can, you can even, you know, as music, you can even uh, sell a sound, uh, like mix them with uh, with literature. You know, it is really open to to imagination. This is why I think it is really, really relevant, and is not just. Uh, related to illustration to drawings and to photographs and digital manipulation and 3d this is i i feel like you know 
I don't, I don't want to, there's an expression in English, like I've, you've just pulled back the curtain <laughs> to the Wizard of Oz. And I'm like, whoa, I'm scared. Like I said, I'm intimidated to walk in, but I really need to. Um, Alexander, it has been such a pleasure talking to you and, and learning about this. And I'm, I'm, my last question for you is what's next? What's next uh, for Alexander Von Glitch? Yeah, I just like to explore, as I told you before, yes, a few seconds ago, like new digital assets to 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 propose to to, to and to sell to people. Maybe it will be like a, a poem, a book, a short story, or a mix of uh, of all these uh, kind of uh, creative uh, stuff. But I just don't want to stop and think about uh, NFTs or uh, digital art as a, as a, again, as a digital manipulation or illustration. I just want to think uh, beyond and put together different kind of uh, human expressions. As a, for example, as, as a copywriter, I, I write a lot. I, I really like words. I really like uh, headlines and body copies and short stories. So maybe there's a chance uh, for the future to create something that put together uh, uh, images, uh, glitches, digital manipulations, and words and sounds. And I'm trying something uh, in that direction. I'm really looking forward to it. And I, 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 I particularly am a word person as well. So I, I really can't wait to see what what you come up with. So right now for everybody, if they want to learn more about you, they can go to makersplace.com backslash Van Glitch, correct? Yes, that's correct. That's, that's the best way. So Van Glitch is spelled V-A-N-G-L-I-T-C-H. And I'm gonna, be share, I'm gonna be sharing that also on my website. Um, Alexander, thank you so much for taking your Sunday morning out to speak with me. <laughs> thank you so much. I'm going to send you the book. So look in your email because I'm going to just tell you because I'm, I'm now I'm making you read Snow Crash and then we're going to have to talk about it. Okay. Okay. Thanks so much. Ciao, everybody. And Ciao. Thanks for listening to this week's episode of Ciao Bella. If you'd like to know more about today's guest, please visit ciaobella.co and click on the podcast link or go directly to ciaobella.co backslash podcast. Want more Italy? You can find all my episodes on iTunes and Spotify and Stitcher. When you have time, subscribe to iTunes and rate the podcast. What are you waiting for? And if you want to be part of the podcast, email me or DM me your Italy questions. To learn more about me and my work, go to my website, ericafirpo.com and follow my Italy adventures on Instagram at ericafirpo. Ciao, bella! And a very big thank you and hug to Massimiliano Yonta and Dis to Dis Studios, the producers of Ciao Bella who continue to make me sound and feel great.